0: You're listening to Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A brought to you by Blueprint MCAT. How are you today?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm wonderful. Thank you so much. What can I do for you today? What can I help you with?
1: Well, uh, I've prepared a few questions for you about uh, medical school admissions and stuff like that. Okay. Hoping you can help so uh, I'll go ahead and start with the first one. Yeah. So I've been watching, uh, I've been basically binge watching your videos lately. <laughs> and um, one of my favorite videos of yours is, it, it was in the, the series where you interview like old pre-meds. It was uh, Dr. Richard J. Brown, the, the plastic surgeon who went from the 2.7 GPA oh, yeah. plastic surgeon. Good old and, Ricky. Yeah. The reason, reason I really like that is because when he was talking about how he's down to one school that hadn't rejected him, how he, he went and called admissions and basically talked his way, gave him, gave them his story and ended up that helped him get an interview and helped him get that acceptance. And you uh, highlighted from that in the video that advocating yourself, advocating for yourself is really important. And, um, I was just wondering how do you how do you recommend like student most students start advocating for themselves, start speaking up for themselves in a way yeah. that's not like um, I don't know, not, not like trying to irritate them or anything like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the problem, and it's an interesting. Situation, because it's a fine line between advocating for yourself and annoying them. Uh, and so, I think the biggest thing is you need to go in with a question, not something that you can easily Google, find on their website, et cetera, et cetera. You need to go in with a specific issue that you're struggling with. To say, "Here's who I am. Here's what I've researched. Here's what I've found out about your school. I'm still missing this one piece that I can't find an answer to. Can you help me?" Right, and whether that's you're coming from a, a, a bad GPA background, uh, whatever that is, you need to ask. Like, here's here's my plan. You're my number one school. I I, w- I wanted to see if this is something that would work to 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 look favorably for the admissions committee. Like you need to ask a question. Too many students email me directly, and so I can only imagine what they're emailing to schools. And they'll, they'll email this huge, long life story, autobiography. And then there's really not a question. It's like, hey, what do you think? And, and so that to me is the most frustrating because it basically has zero empathy for how busy that person is. Like we need short, we need sweet. There's a reason tweets are, are fun because it's only 280 characters, right? We even went for, went up from 140. It needs to be short, sweet to the point. I don't need a huge backstory. I just need to know the relevant information to help answer the question that you have at hand.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of get it more now. Thank you. Yeah, so another question I have is, so I go to college out of state. Okay. Um and it's pretty far away. It's like six hours. And when I'm looking for clinical positions, you know, a lot of, a lot of them, they're like, we need a six, we need a six month commitment. Mm. We need a one year commitment. And um, I can't, I can't do that. I can't make that promise because I'll be going back and forth. So I can't make a promise where my school is for that or where um, I live. So I've already, uh, I watched videos where you've talked about the crisis text line and I've, I've started doing that. Okay. And I, I was just wondering for like people who have to move around and aren't really tied to one place, mm-hmm. what are some good uh, options for clinical experience? I don't, I don't know
0: if I can tell you anything specific other than you just need to find a position that understands that you need some flexibility with scheduling and that you're going to be gone during the summers and, uh, and they have to be okay with that. So uh, unfortunately that's your situation. Now, can you be flexible and say, you know what, I'll, next summer I'm not going to go home. I'm, I'm going to stay here so I can give you that commitment. And then you, you stay in one location to get what you need done.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've thought of doing that. It's a hard choice, but um, it's, really uh worth it it can be worth it in
0: the long run yeah ultimately if your goal is to go to medical school you're going to need to get in air quotes need uh clinical experience and if the only way that you seem to be able to find clinical experience is with some sort of commitment then you're going to have to to figure out what that looks like or the other option is you just Don't get any clinical experience while you're in school, graduate, go home and take a gap year or two and get clinical experience at home before you apply.
1: Okay. Thank you. Um, another question I have is, um, so there's obviously a huge, um, industry for, uh, advising Mm pre-meds. Like there's lots of companies like, your own yeah (laughs) yeah and then we have advisors at school we have these online programs books all this and um just going through all that like it can be really overwhelming so and i hear all these things about like oh don't trust these people (laughs) these people these people know what they're talking about these people don't so what would you say are like the biggest the biggest green lights for resources like that and like the biggest red flags
0: uh so the biggest green light is if i'm affiliated with the company (laughs) um look most people know what they're talking about you you will find differences in styles you will find differences in recommendations Sometimes people are completely off base and they have really bad advice, but that's few and far between, luckily. Although everyone seems to come to me when they they run into advisors like that. The the biggest thing is I would always, always, always start with your school advisor. They're there. You pay for them indirectly, theoretically through tuition and all that stuff. So they're a resource there for you to help you. Start with them. They know what's happening on campus. They know specific courses that work and don't work, all that stuff. Start with them. And then supplement. Watch some of my videos. Watch some other people's videos. Read one of my books. Go read someone else's books. Luckily, obviously, YouTube videos are free. Buying a book is relatively cheap uh, without much investment. And then when it comes time to applying... Again, go to your advisor, see what sort of resources they have. Will they help you with a personal statement? Will they help you kind of craft your application? If you need help outside of that and you don't think you can do it on your own and you want a little extra handholding, then look into a company and, and see what they have to offer. But I, I don't think there's really one... Right way or wrong way to go about finding a company like that. They all, for the most part, like Mapped and other companies out there similar to Mapped. We all basically do the same thing. It's just a matter of who's doing it. So there's there's one company out there that I'm, I'm friendly with, and they their big selling point is everyone's a physician. All of their advisors are physicians who have who have admissions committee experience, and that typically means they were on the admissions committee as a medical student back in the day, they weren't a voting member. Typically our philosophy is like being a doctor, being an MD, DO like adds zero knowledge to, to this process, right? The fact that I'm a physician doesn't make me, have the knowledge that I have at this point it's because I've been in this space now for 10 years talking to deans of admissions and, and directors of admissions and picking their brain and talking to students and just gathering information uh, up as much as possible. And then on my team, I have two former directors of admissions at medical schools, the ones in charge uh, of what's going on. And so that's our biggest philosophy is we don't care about MDDO title. We want more of that hard experience of being a director of admissions, and we have we have one other person on our team uh, who doesn't have director of experience. She she was in pre health advising for for several years at a under, undergraduate institution, and students love her as well. She's built that knowledge base as needed.
1: Yeah, it's almost like. Oh. Like a subject of its own admissions,
0: it is. Oh, a hundred percent, it is. All right, and our our newest advisor coming on. She's been the director of admissions at a DO school. She's concerned about the knowledge of MD schools because it's a little bit different, but it's a lot the same. So we'll we'll teach her some of the things that maybe she doesn't know about allopathic MD admissions, or maybe the. T- specific Texas medical school admissions processes and she'll she'll build her knowledge but for the most part having been a director of admissions she understands 95% of it.
1: Yeah. Thank you. See, I think I have one more question. Okay. Um so a lot of uh, I watched one of my favorite series of yours is the application renovation, yep. where you like go through it can be it can be hard to watch sometimes, <laughs> you know, imagining that's your transcript yep. in there. But um so one thing you always like highlight on transcripts is withdrawals mm-hmm. and how sometimes they can seem suspicious, especially like withdrawals from four-year colleges and class taken at two year colleges. I, I hear that all the time. Yep. But how so I was in high school and I withdrew from a class I had no idea it would stay on my tr- yep. record forever um,
0: so it was a dual enrollment class
1: yeah, yeah dual basic the the whole meat of this question is like dual enrollment like really i I didn't even know I was wanted to be a physician, yeah when I was in high school, and I just took all these classes. <laughs> I don't even think I was, I was not ready for almost any of them. Yep. So, um, how do they, how do they exactly process that?
0: It's going to be up to the medical school, each individual medical school. Obviously those grades are going to be on your application, uh, assuming you got grades and you just, didn't just withdraw from them all. Um, <laughs> but d- did you withdraw or do you have grades for them?
1: I have grades for all, but two of them.
0: Okay. And the grades aren't great.
1: A, the average GPA is like a three point three.
0: So I for for all of your grades or for the dual enrollment?
1: For the dual enrollment.
0: Yeah, so not horrible, which is good, right? B B plus ish uh, uh, kind of grades, so so that's fine. I think ultimately, assuming you have better grades post high school in into your college years it'll be fine it'll look like someone who who took college classes in high school and wasn't ready for them
1: do you see that a lot
0: all the time mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah you it wouldn't it, i wouldn't worry about it
1: mm-hmm. i would you even recommend like for high school students to even take no normal-
0: no i yeah. i don't recommend it i don't like I didn't take any AP classes when I was in high school. I didn't do dual enrollment when I was in high school. I I live each step of my journey for today. Too many students are trying to shortcut here and shortcut there. And it makes sense from a from a financial standpoint. It can be a lot cheaper to do, to do dual enrollment as a high school student through the community college, get those credits and then start university as a sophomore or junior. So you're, you're shortcutting kind of the financial aspects, but it adds a lot more to your plate as a high school student that may cause you to burn out um, and, and lose your passion for something. It may cause you to burn out and get bad grades, which are going potentially to prevent you from something. And so, Ultimately, I don't know if there's a huge benefit in doing dual enrollment outside of potentially a little bit of financial savings.
1: Yeah, I, I, I try to live without regrets, but if I could go back and change one thing.
0: Yeah, 3.3 3 is not super scary. I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about yeah. that from dual enrollment. I, I've seen 2.0 from dual enrollment. That really stinks
1: well thank you for answering all my questions
0: yeah you're welcome good luck when you get ready to take the mcat go to blueprintmcat.com, go sign up for a free account you get access to a half-length diagnostic to kind of get your get your feet wet a little bit
1: yeah i've been listening to the podcast already nice
0: good job the mcat podcast with with blueprint awesome Mm -hmm. all right well good luck to you thanks for coming on thank you Thank you so much for joining me here on Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Did you know that we record these live on Facebook at 3 p.m. Eastern on most weekdays? Search for Medical School HQ on Facebook and like the page to be notified. Don't forget to check out our amazing Facebook group, The Hangout, at medicalschoolhq.net slash group.